Hello, Strange Stories UK here. Today's tale is about Gaia Pope. Gaia Pope was a 19-year-old living in a Dorset village who was reported missing on the 7th of November 2017. Gaia had become distressed on that afternoon at the home of her auntie, her Aunt Talia, in Argyle Road in Swanage, where she had been staying. Guy had an appointment with a GP and was due to see the police later about threats she had received on social media. Guy's energy levels were low and her Aunt Talia were having a relaxing afternoon waiting for her appointments when Gaia left the house and said that she wanted to urgently speak to a school and college friend called Nathan Elsie. CCTV footage shows Gaia running along Morrison Road, Manor Gardens, at about 15.39. Gaia unsuccessfully searched for him at his grandmother's house at the Manor Gardens estate. Gaia was crying and shouting out incoherently. No one knows why Guy wanted to see Nathan, a fellow student at Brockenhurst College, studying drama. Nathan's grandmother, Mrs Rosemary Dinch, had known Gaia for more than a decade. Although her grandson Nathan, who had been friends with Gaia and her twin sister Maya since the age of six, they had since fallen out with each other, allegedly after Nathan had split with a girlfriend who was a mutual friend. When Gaia pounded on Mrs Dinch's door, it was the first time anyone from the family had seen her for more than a year. She was clearly very distressed and anxious, said Mrs Dinch. She was very hot. She took off her jacket, her blouse, her T-shirt. She wanted to leave, but I told her to put her clothes back on. She only had a little vest and bra on. I gave her a cuddle. It was clear to me that she was poorly. While she convinced Guy to put back some clothes, Guy refused to wear her jacket and left saying that she was going to see an old friend. Concerned, Mrs Dinch spoke to her daughter, Deborah Elsie, who rang Gaia's mother, Natasha. Gaia was an epileptic who had suffered a nervous breakdown two years previously. Gaia lived at Langton McTravers, a village near the Victorian seaside town of Swanage. A beautiful setting on the eastern edge of the Jurassic coast. In the summer, it's a delightful place to visit. There are outdoor camping sites, which are very popular, as they allow dogs and outside fires. There are miles and miles of clifftop walks and old stone public houses. However, the area would have seemed very tedious for teenagers, especially during the long winter months. Swanage, in common with many seaside towns, have deteriorated over the past 40 years. The town centre now has many charity and bargain shops, and has a run-down feel. Drug-taking and antisocial behaviour has become problematic, and the police have had crackdowns in the past, especially over nighttime behaviour in the town centre. The secondary schools in the area have a wide spectrum of attitudes and abilities, often with the able and well-motivated students mixing with others who have issues. Bullying at school is often a problem, Guy had attended Lichet Minster School, which had a good reputation, and a sixth form. But being a rural setting, many of the students wanted to study at a sixth form elsewhere. 
partly to reinvent themselves and to meet other people and to have a greater selection of courses to study. A lot of the students choosing a college wanted to get away from rural Dorset. Brockenhurst College, based in the New Forest, was a popular choice. Guy had decided on studying for a health and social care course. To attend Brockenhurst, Guy and her Swanage-based friends would have had a two-hour journey to attend and the same returning. Part of the journey would be a rail journey from Paul to Brockenhurst when the train was full of students coming to and from the college. Within the train carriages, a wide range of students would be thrown together. Gaia, who had a twin sister, was stunningly attractive girls who turned heads. Gaia came from an arty, left-leaning liberal family. She would be one of the younger students attending when she started college. September 2014, meeting lots of new friends, one of whom was Connor Hayes, who was about five years older than her and lived in Bournemouth. Connor was a flawed personality who at the time of writing is in prison and on the sex offender register. Connor groomed Gaia, drugged and raped her when she was 16 years old and during her first year of college. Hayes had threatened Gaia that she had better keep quiet about the rape, otherwise he would take revenge on her. Gaia stopped attending college during 2015 and went to the police claiming sexual assault against Hayes. It's not clear what Guy had alleged against Connor Hayes, but it had clearly a negative effect on her and she suffered a nervous breakdown. Part of the problem was the powerless that she felt. Guy had reported the rape to the police sometime after it had happened in December 2015 and it seemed that the lack of physical evidence would make it impossible to prove in court. The police took away her phone and laptop to study but six months later, they said they would not be taking any action against Connor Hayes. Gaia was told not to publicise the name of Connor Hayes, as it would be a violation of his human rights. She tried to carry on her education, but her epilepsy was deteriorating as she remembered more and more about the sexual assault that she had endured. In hospital, she would speak about what she had been through, but it felt that no one outside the family wanted to listen. It seemed that Gaia had a lack of support from undefended mental health and social services that were available in Purbeck as a result of the policies of austerity and council cuts. She was only giving six counselling sessions after her sexual assault. Gaia decided to let people know about the, the assault on Facebook but friends and family told her that it wasn't safe and she should take it down. She was told to delete it because it was dangerous and may lead to future problems with both the police and Connor Hayes. Guy was said to be suffering from post-traumatic stress as a result of the sexual assault, which was aggravating her epilepsy to the extent that she was having seizures every day. A family member said, sometimes they are small and perfectly manageable. Sometimes we have to call the paramedics and she requires emergency hospital treatment. Gaia was finding it difficult to cope with her medical condition and her post-traumatic stress being unable to concentrate at college and unable to work, she applied for a personal independence payment, a PIP, which was denied at first, but after an appeal and a series of gruelling assessments, she managed to get about £60 a week. 
Connor Hayes, who was from Bournemouth, was later arrested by the police. He and a friend, William Wright, from the nearby village of Bovington, were jailed for two years in December 2016 for abusing another victim. This victim had been persuaded by Hayes in November 2014 to take part in a sex video with Wright. Hayes and Wright shot 10 video clips and 27 still images of them having sex with the girl. The victim was the same age as Gaia, over the age of consent for sex, but under the age of 18, meaning it was illegal to make or possess indecent images of her. In November 2015, the video was uploaded onto the internet and the men were arrested. During the course of the police investigations, they discovered that Hayes was working as a webcam model, sending live footage of himself having sex. His computer was seized and he was convicted of underage sex with a 14-year-old, which occurred during the autumn of 2015. In 2018, he pleaded guilty to two counts of causing or inciting a child aged 13 to 15 to engage in sexual activity and causing a child to watch a sexual act. He was sentenced to a further 21 months in prison. Police warned of the dangers of social media and the exploitation of children. There were newspaper articles about the Wright family claiming three generations of male members of that family had had convictions for underage sexual assaults. During the autumn of 2017, Gaia was increasingly afraid that Hayes, who had made threats against her family, would soon be eligible for release. A close friend said, there's a private Instagram account which she had, just, had with just her friends and she said she was nervous about Connor being let out of prison. On November the 5th, 2017, Gaia posted on her Instagram account a screenshot of a text that she had sent, which said, Police are in my phone. I think I'm going to have to put it down till Wednesday. or get a real shut-up and be put in a cell myself. She captioned the post with the hashtag, Sexual Assault. Guy had recently received some threatening images and messages on Facebook, although it's not clear who they were from. Guy's father said he had spent a day with her just over a week before she went missing. He said, I took her to the hairdressers. She told me she'd be about 45 minutes. She was getting some highlights done in her hair and she was very excited about it. She was about three and a half hours having it done. Then we went for something to eat and had a lovely time together. It was good. She was in a happy mood at the time. It must have been a difficult and, frustra and frustrating for Gaia to be in a rural location with few distractions. Gaia, being a teenager, probably went through the usual tensions with families that live in the same house. But this, being in conjunction with being unable to study or work, feeling that life was slipping by, and with a medical condition impacted by stress and the knowledge that she had been violated and no action had been taken, and now her violator was about to be released from jail and had made threats against her, it all seemed like a perfect storm was brewing. By Wednesday the 8th of November, Guy had not returned home. Her family were frantic with worry. As Gaia, being severely, severely epileptic, did not have any medication with her or a phone. The family made appeals on the media for her to come home. Sister Clara, 
who had been studying at university, had returned and told the local newspaper, the Daily Echo, she's not the kind of person to go off like this. She'd always let us know what was happening. Police officers said that they were becoming increasingly concerned for her. By Thursday, November the 9th, searches by the police, the Coast Guards and the Force helicopter were being carried out in the Swanage area. Gaia's family released a statement from the local med- for the local media. Gaia's cousin, Mariam, travelled down from her home in London in order to search for her cousin and she was the principal mover in coordinating a social media campaign to search for Gaia, as well as helping to motivate local people to search the area, to search farm buildings, sheds, anywhere somebody could be hiding. Members of Gaia's family thought that Gaia could be kept prisoner somewhere. In the early hours of Thursday, November the 9th, Gaia's family launched the Find Gaia Facebook page, posting a recent photograph and saying she was suffering from severe epilepsy and post-traumatic stress. (laughs) The Find Gaia Facebook page was given all the latest news on the search and would later evolve into the Justice for Gaia page. Hundreds of people joined searches around Swanage, Bournemouth and Paul as part of a huge operation to find her, reporting back to the Facebook site, saying where they had searched, where you could collect posters to display and publicise meetings taking place at the Deja Brew Café and Swanage each day, and along with the offices of the Purbeck Gazette were the unofficial headquarters for the volunteer searches. It seemed that the community were doing everything it could to find Gaia. To give just one example, Rhys Hercombe Critchell was offering the use of his high-definition drones and his abseiling skills. Some of this was not going down well with the police, who sensed they were losing control of the situation and were worried about the health and safety implications. The searches continued all weekend with people coming from hundreds of miles away to take part in the search thanks to the social media campaign. The Find Gaia Gaia campaign gave advice to thousands searching. The Facebook page eventually had 10,000 members. They were given the following advice. Do search under hedges and in gardens. Gaia is epileptic and may have had a seizure. Don't search near the cliffs or anywhere dangerous. The Coast Guard has asked us to keep people away from the cliffs and dangerous coastlines as they have had to spend time helping volunteers who have got in trouble. These areas are being checked constantly by the police and the Coast Guard. Check where where there have already been checks. If you can, please print off your own flyers and posters with a link given on Facebook. Pick up flyers and posters if you don't have them from the Purbeck Gazette, Commercial Road Swanage, from 11am. Go door knocking, searching, postering and leafleting. Post in the Facebook group saying where you went and what you did in the following format. Where, the street name or place, what, flyering, searching or door knocking, when, date and time. Events took a dramatic turn on Monday the 13th of November 2017 when the case was transformed from a local news story to an international news story. Rosemary Dinch, 71, the grandmother who was terminally ill and needed an oxygen bottle to breathe, and the last person to see Gaia was arrested. 
along with her grandson, Nathan Elsie, 19. They were arrested by the police on suspicion of Gaia's murder. This caused great shock to Gaia's family, who had been with Rosemary and some members of her family just the day beforehand. Rosemary was questioned by the police and throughout the night. Of the 16th, on the 16th of November, Paul Elsie, 49, the uncle of Nathan, was arrested. They were all released the day after their arrest, but they weren't allowed to return home as forensics were carrying out tests at their house in Manor Road. After being released, all three were told they were still under investigation. Paul Elsie, a carpenter, told the mail he had cooperated with the police from the start. On the day Guy had vanished, he was working in Weymouth, about 30 miles away. He allowed officers to search his car and offered them his phone and bank cards, which he said they declined to check. When it became apparent they wanted to speak to him formally, he travelled to a solicitor's in Southampton. <coughs> Out of nowhere, the police appeared and grabbed me, he said. We had arranged to meet in good faith and have the solicitor drive me to the station, but they handcuffed me as if I was going to run. I was held overnight for 24 hours. It wasn't nice. Speaking to them was like speaking to a brick wall. As soon as these arrests were made, the story was the lead item on the national news. The Dorset police later commented that they had multiple grounds for the arrest, but would not go into detail. Detective Superintendent Paul Kessel said, I appreciate our inquiries would have caused those individuals stress and anxiety. However, we have an obligation in any missing persons investigation to explore every possible line of inquiry. It seems that Nathan's mother, Debbie, had recorded CCTV footage from her home to back up what Rosemary and Ethan had told the police. They gave the footage to the police, but the times given in statements didn't match with the times on the CCTV footage. The police had not taken into consideration that the CCTV footage had not been altered to allow for the end of summertime, so all timings were an hour out. This was the main reason for the arrests. However, there had been long-running disputes on the estate, which was riven with dislikes and petty disagreements. Rosemary had frequently called the police to report antisocial behaviour, and the police regarded her as a bit of a nuisance. Debbie thinks that maybe someone on the estate called the police when Gaia came calling and causing a commotion. They also claimed that she had been round there before, but maybe they were getting mixed up with Ethan's girlfriend. On Thursday the 16th of November, a volunteer searching found Gaia's clothing about 200 yards from the clifftop on the priest's walk, the coastal path an area supposedly already searched by the police. On the same day, Gaia's father said on national TV that his daughter's epilepsy may have played a part in her disappearance. She'd been warned by doctors that she was at risk of sudden death from her condition. The police action had taken the wind out of the search team's efforts. Volunteers dwindled, as it now seemed that the police thought that Gaia had been murdered. Dorset Police confirmed that three people arrested in connection with Guy's disappearance had now been released from the investigation without f any further action. But still no signs of Guy. 
and by Saturday, November the 18th, strains were showing. The Times reported that a family felt they'd been kept in the dark by the police. We don't understand what the police are doing, a family friend was quoted as saying. They say that someone has been arrested on suspicion of murder. Then in the next sentence, that they are hopeful that Guy would be found alive and well. 18th of November. The Search for Gaia Facebook site asked for its 10,000 members to come and help search for Gaia. Three meeting points were given with lead coordinators and a big push to find out where she was. On that afternoon there was news that Gaia's body had been found, half a mile away from her clothes. The body was discovered at about 3pm on Saturday, on land close to the 70 foot high cliffs known as Dancing Ed Ledge. The body had eventually been found by coast guards near the priest's walk. The police claimed that although the area where Guy had been found had already been searched, it was an area of very thick gorse and undergrowth. This would have made it incredibly difficult for even the helicopter to see her using high-tech thermal imaging. Dancing Ledge was one of Guy's favourite places to go, where she felt safe. It's so named as a cliff, cliff sometimes give an optical illusion and it seems as if the sea is dancing when waves splash up against the rocks. It is surprising this area was not more fully searched as it's near the area where her clothing was found and it was on the path back to the village where she lived. The next day police revealed a post-mortem examination that had not identified any injuries to suggest any other person was involved in her death. On the 20th of November, <coughs> police issued a statement announcing that all three people who had been arrested had been released from the investigation and there wouldn't be any further action against them. A spokesman for the Elsie family said that Rosemary and Nathan would go back to Swanage tomorrow. They did not want to go back unless their names were cleared and hopefully the people of Swanage will have sympathy with them. Nathan was so shortly returned to his education at Brockenhurst College. The family are now planning to sue the police for wrongful arrest. They continued, It's a pity that the police did not concentrate more in discovering the truth of what caused Gaia to act the way she did, and to give support rather than to take action against an innocent family that were only trying to help. People started asking, How did the police get it so wrong? When Gaia went missing, officers arrested three innocent people. And then it took 11 days to find her body. And then they realised there'd been no crime. It was hard not to agree with Nathan Elsie's grandfather's description of the police as wooden tops, who arrested the family to make it look as if they were doing something. Certainly, the police's actions in the search for Guy were less than impressive. Deborah Coles, an executive director of Inquest, the charity helping those bereaved through state incompetence, said, there are serious questions about the actions of Dorset Police and their duty of care that this investigation must address. Gaia was a vulnerable young woman due to the trauma and mental and physical ill health she was experiencing as a result of sexual assault. How her life could end this way deserves the utmost scrutiny. This family and the public need answers in the hope of preventing another young life lost. Marion Pope Weidman, 
the cousin of Gaia and a volunteer search coordinator, and the driving force behind the Justice for Gaia campaign, said, When Gaia was missing, we didn't want anything to distract from the search. So he said nothing about how our family was treated by the police and how poorly they coordinated the incredible search effort by the community. But now we have to ask the tough question, why did it take 11 days to find her? Could she have been saved? Could proper support from mental health and social services have stopped this whole tragedy before it started? This isn't just about Gaia. How many women and girls have gone through this whose stories never make the papers? Gaia wanted justice for them, and so do we. The local community were devastated by Gaia's death. A post on the Search for Gaia Facebook site shows that they wanted to do something. Brani Parsons posted, Quite a few of us in Swanage and further afield are going to light a candle for Gaia at 1900 hours this evening and put it out on our front windows in memory of her. As she was 19, and today is the 19th, it would be lovely if as many people as possible could do the same. Gaia was remembered at church services across Dorset and beyond, while floral tributes were left and candles lit at the foot of a monument on the Swanage seafront. On the last weekend of November, there was a candlelight meeting to re remember Gaia on the bandstand on the Swanage seafront for the people of Swanage to pay their respects and give speeches in remembrance. On the 7th of December 2017, a funeral service was held for Gaia in Paul. The family wanted it to be colourful and a happy affair and a safe space after weeks of fear and anxiety. A family member said that the community had been so supportive, you can't walk down the street without getting a hug. Community spirit, she added, the dedication and selfishness of local people was one of the few things that kept the family going throughout the search. If there's one ray of light in this nightmare, it's the compassion, the humanity and the community spirit. On the 13th of February 2018, the inquest was held. The coroner's officer, Andrew Lord, said a pathologist, Dr Russell Delaney, was initially unable to establish a cause of death, but later determined that Gaia had died of hypothermia. Rachel Griffin, who was the county coroner, said she would be requesting statements from the Pope family, Gaia's family, Gaia's GP, the Dorset Healthcare University NHS Foundation Trust, Dorset Police, and Professor Matthew Walker, the neurologist from University College London, who provided care to Gaia. Ms Griffin said, It's been brought to my attention there are some concerns in relation to care provided by social services. I will request a statement from Dorset County Council in relation to that contact with Gaia. The hearing was adjourned for a pre-inquest review. Did not fix a date for the inquest to resume. However, the inquest is still on hold waiting for the IOPC reports to be published. One is reporting into the rape allegations made by Gaia and the lack of police action, and the other a report into the search of Gaia after she went missing. The Independent Office for Police Conduct, IOPC, 
was formed as a rebranding exercise as the police had little confidence in the previous system of police complaints. The <clears throat> police complaints are the police investigating themselves after a complaint. The Dorset police had referred themselves to the IOPC after the, court, after the case of Gaia. be interesting to see what, if anything, evolves from that. An IOPC spokesman said the investigation would be concluded as quickly and as thoroughly as possible. He said investigators had visited the scene where the body was found. It should take about a day. The investigators, including reviewing a substantial number of documents gathered along with police communications and considerations of national and police policies. However, up to the present time, January 2019, there have been no developments. The family say they're still waiting for answers. All they know is where Gaia's clothes were found and where her body was found. Well, <clears throat> as the inquest hasn't sat yet, here's a few of my conclusions. It could be argued that Gaia taking off her clothes indicates that she had a seizure. After seizures in the past, Gaia had become disorientated, confused and didn't remember things for quite a while. It could be the case that she was very confused. Maybe her symptoms were worse than before because of the heightened stress levels, the lack of medication and because she'd, of this she'd removed her clothing. As for the arrests, I think the police acted rashly. They just brought in the people that saw her last. It was a pretty big mess up, especially as they released their names so quickly and said they'd been arrested for suspected murder rather than just helping with their inquiries. Another factor in the strange is the strange Instagrams that were being sent before Guy went missing. It certainly indicates a mental breakdown and somebody needing help but not getting it. When the inquest does eventually sit, it, will be, it probably will take into account the possibility that she ended her own life. Although the story is desperately sad, post-traumatic stress disorder can cause depression, and if, these were, and if there were any other problems, it may have all become too much for her. Anyway, these are just my musings. We'll have to wait for the inquest for definite answers. And at least inquests are independent. Before the inquest can take place, as we've said, we've got to wait for the results of the IPOC inquiries. As I say, these are not independent. Just part of the police investigating themselves. IOPC judgments do not have the same confidence levels or trust given to them as judgments of the inquest. They are the police investigating themselves, and as a general rule, they don't find themselves guilty of any wrong action. On the 9th of November 2018, the Justice for Gaia campaign group asked for anyone who may have any relevant information that would help with the investigation to come forward. Gaia's family now have little faith in the police press releases and say the police were not always honest with them. They want to know why the police took the decisions that they made. The Justice for Gaia Facebook site and campaign are trying to make something positive come from Gaia's death. They are promoting an art project giving space for people suffering mental health issues and sexual violence to express themselves. That site gives information relating to the case, including news reports from the media.
Well, that's today's case. I would like to thank Damselfly for providing the background music. I'd like to wish everybody all the best for the new year in 2019 and to say goodbye. <laughs>